love is the best I'm blessed to know that lust is a test I used to be the victim, now I'm just envisioning I'm knowing this is I'm Susie Landolfi, and welcome to Be Crazy Well. Now, why would a therapist say that? Because we all have mental health struggles, even therapists. The good news is, we have so much more information about how we can be crazy well. On my podcast, we don't focus on what's wrong with us. We want to know what happened to us. We're going to explore how trauma affected us, both negatively and positively. That's right. I said positively. It's called post-traumatic growth, and it's a real thing. Be Crazy Well will share mental health wellness practices, the newest mental health research, and most importantly, how we all get to create the person we deserve to be and the life we deserve to live. So join the mental health evolution and be crazy well. Hey, welcome everybody to Be Crazy Well. And I have the honor today to talk to someone who I adore. Like, when do you get to do that? right? So this just isn't about all the great shit that he's doing. This is about being an amazing human being. Um, And I just came back from Denver where I got to spend two days with him and his family and a co-worker of his. And I could not be happier uh, to introduce Spencer Milo from the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. Welcome, Spencer. By the way, I'll give out a little personal information about Spencer. He knows more about wine He picks out the best wines. Like, all I want to do is, like, sit with him and his wife and kids and let him just keep pouring me the best wines, and then he knows all about them. So I just want to give him a little plug for that, too, because I really appreciate it. (laughs) Anyway, Spencer, do you miss me already now that I'm back here? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And he loves well. (laughs) It's cool to see you with that little, with your fancy plant. You got your fancy lamp. I like it. I know. This came from my bedroom. Like, I literally brought in my bedroom lamp and my table here. I'm at Hype Studios in L.A., or Hype Studio L.A. I'm here with Nico, and he's my engineer, and I love this place. They're so good to me. I went and I bought these chairs, but they they have this plant, like, here. It's fake, but it's wonderful. It's my new best friend. And my three-legged dog is under my seat right now, Wolfie. Cool. So, so yeah, I'm right at home here. I got my MVP mug. And water. I'm good. So, Spencer, tell everybody about this most, I always say it's the best, most effective brain health program in the country, maybe the world. That's how I I say it. So that's how impressed I am because I've not done the whole program, but I've met all of your staff and you've put together one of the finest groups of practitioners I've ever experienced in top of the line science. So tell us about the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. Yeah, well, I'll kind of start by echoing what you said about the team. You're only as strong as your team. And I always tell them that they make my job really easy. We do have an incredibly stellar team from the ground up from, from all levels, whether it's the administration side, whether it's the finance side, whether it's the fundraising, whether it's the clinical team or anything. You know, we've got a pretty amazing group of people that are really passionate about helping anybody. It just so happens that our main focus currently is veterans and first responders. So the Marcus Institute for Brain Health, it's a intensive outpatient treatment program 
for veterans, first responders, and some retired athletes that have been dealing with the prolonged symptoms of concussion and traumatic brain injury. We have been very lucky to work with some incredible philanthropists. And so we're able to bring people here and we're able to eliminate any kind of financial barriers that might stand in their way of getting treated here. Wait, wait, this is free? This mm-hmm. is free. Like three weeks. Well, I like to say there's a lot of sweat equity involved. Good. Well, that's the kind of payment that we all deserve to put in because if it's for us, we should put in our part, which is our effort being open and giving it our all and doing our best. But for those people that get to come there, and I say get it, have the, the honor and deserve to come there, they don't have to spend anything for this. No, we, we have a barrier barrier reduction program to where you're not going to have to worry about that. We try to make make it so really all you're focusing on is taking care of yourself. And that is not an easy thing to do, especially for the populations we serve. We're servant souls. We want to help others. We want to put ourselves on the back of the train, right? We don't want to be in the forefront. We're not trying to take resources. But this program really is the time and place to put yourself first and get the care that you need and deserve. So, yeah, we, we want to make it as easy as possible. I love that you said servant souls. You're military. You served. And I always say, and I'm civilian, and I always joke and go, I like hanging out with you men and women because civilians actually irritate me. Like, I am one, so I know how irritating they can be. Anyway, going moving right along, the point is, is that you weren't in the service. Because once you guys and women come out, you still are of service. That's just who you are. It's what you want to do, deserve to do. And as far as I'm concerned, we, we should be extremely grateful that there are men and women in the world that do this. They put their life on the line. If you make it through that, then you really do deserve to get treatment for anything that you have sustained. I happen to be the person that believes before the military, during the military, and after the military. I just happen to be that person that believes that. So how do you get people to come and know that they deserve this support? Your own story. How did you become a person that knew you deserved support? Mm. That's a good question. I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that I even still to this day struggle from time to time with whether or not I deserve what I've gotten. But I try to remind myself that, A, everyone deserves this kind of care and deserves success and that I've worked my butt off to get here. But what I would say is for, for us, you know, again, we try to reduce all the barriers. So you can refer yourself here. You can be referred from your doc. You could be referred from a friend former patient, from an organization. Really, to me, I don't care how you found out about us. I don't really need to care. I just want you to be here. My job and our job here is to open doors to care. Your job is to pick which one of them. I don't have a dog in the fight as to which one you go through as long as you pick one. And so for us, in the early days, we went and did the circuit, worked through all the different nonprofits that are out there, went to all the conferences, and went to all the different groups and worked with like-minded people. It was, you've heard me say this plenty, Sue, you get good people in a room, good things are going to happen. That's right. And so that's really how it kind of started. And now it's grown to, there's a ton of patient, former patient referrals. The word of mouth is important. We put our funds to care, not into marketing. And so we really rely on word of mouth. Doing a podcast like this, working with people like you, anybody that's in the space and industry, 
we want to make sure that's what we can do for you. And you started in Denver, but you're not just in Denver anymore. So tell me where you are and no. started and where are you now? Yeah, so now we've got the Avalon Network, and it's an expansion of like-minded programs to ours built off of our model. We've got the SHARE program at Shepherd in Atlanta, Georgia. We've got a program in Jacksonville, Florida. We've got a program at Tulane. We have a program at UNC Chapel Hill, and we will soon have a couple programs up north. So right now, we're trying our best to make sure that we are making this as available as we can. We're always going to put quality in front of quantity but there's no reason why we can't work on both at the same time. So one of the things that I've noticed, and most of the time when we talk to athletes, first responders, and veterans, we talk about a concussion or traumatic brain injury from something outside of them, like a blast happened, hit happened. And one of the things that I'm interested in as a therapist is what happens to the brain from the inside when we are yelled at when we are abused, when we are hit, when we feel unsafe, where when we're living off of adrenaline all the time and our immune system is constantly compromised. So what I loved about your program, because we can talk about how we got the injury, we need to talk about how we can treat these injuries, the ones from the outside and the ones from the inside. I realize there's physical concussions and there's emotional concussions. I'd never said that before, but I realized that there's a way to hurt your brain from the inside. And what your organization does in your program is you treat both. You go right in. You have a therapist. The people are talking about what happened to them, not just what happened to them physically, but what happens because we know that the brain has to heal from the way that we treat it with any kind of support, medical support and emotional mental health support. That helps to treat the brain as well. Is that part of your, your belief and your mission? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we work to treat the folks that we work with holistically. And you using the term inside and out, there's a lot of statistics behind individuals that get a traumatic brain injury that have comorbid psychological health issues. And I know the military, everybody always just jumps straight to PTS, but there's a lot of other things out there. There's depression, there's anxiety, and that's something that needs to be taken into account. When you have a traumatic brain injury, it's a physiological change in the brain, but that doesn't mean there's not other things going on. And so, like I had said, my job is to open a bunch of different doors. You get to pick which one you go through. Ultimately, I hope you go through a few. What we do here is, I guess, what you could consider your traditional traditional modalities. We've got physical therapy, neurology, behavioral health, neuropsychology, speech pathology, all the, the stuff that you would think of. And then we also have a ton of complementary medicines that are just as incredible and just as important. We have music therapy, dance therapy, or movement therapy, art therapy, yoga, mindfulness training, breathing techniques, equine therapy, canine therapy. We really want to make sure that we're treating the individual as a whole and taking it one step above as well is making sure that we're educating their support system. Right. And so during our three weeks, the, the last week, we invite the service members or the first responder or the athlete, their family to be involved. And so they can be educated as to what's really going on with their loved one. How can they maybe be of best assistance? But also if they're dealing with secondhand trauma, what, what resources may be available for them as well? Right. I was telling someone about 
when modern psychology started, we were drilling holes in people's heads to let the demons out. I just said that in the last, like, that's how we started, right? I mean, you could, in the DSM, which is our manual that tells us how we diagnose people, up until 1973, if you were gay, you had a mental health disorder. I mean, just think about that. So there's so much that we have to keep learning about mental health, brain health, and and it's it's sometimes frustrating to me that it takes us so long to make those changes, to see those kinds of changes. At one time, we thought there were areas in the brain for your emotions. Well, that's not true anymore. We thought that there were just sections in the brain where all of your motor skills and all of that, well, that's true, except that if that gets damaged, we now know neuroplasticity. It does not mean that our brain is made of plastic, even though everything else in the world is. It means that the brain can relearn all the time. One section of the brain can learn to do something if, and there's the big caveat, if you continue to practice. The brain needs you to practice to relearn and to learn something, especially in an area that it's not specialized in. It's like you guys with your MOS, right? Like, this is my MOS, but I can go and learn something else if I practice it. So the other day I did a little video and I said, I may be the only therapist that doesn't give a shit about how you think. I don't care about how you think and I don't give a shit about how you feel, actually. I care what you do. And why is that? Because I know the brain only cares about what you do. It's not that smart. If you start thinking about something traumatic, it thinks it's still in it, like it's still doing it. So we have to do different to be different. And what I was struck about with the IBH was how much you have them do. You're like, they're on their feet, they're experiential, they're doing something, and they get to take all those do's back home so that this is a lifelong practice. So talk to me about how you come for three weeks. It's many more months and years and lifetimes that you get to do this wellness practice. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a great point. I always try and tell folks, and you, let's say you're a healthy individual and you can say you're ABCs. Well, then you have a brain injury, and depending on the severity and things, you might still know the ABCs, but it may not come out in the right order, right? The practices that we teach and the things that we do here, it's to help find a way to get back to doing it in the correct way. And so a lot of what we do is ensuring that the skills and practices that we provide for these folks are things that they can do on their own when they leave. We're only a three-week-long program, mm -hmm. and we definitely put the intense in the intensive outpatient program. You're right. They are on their feet a lot. They are doing a lot. We're asking a ton from them, but they're going to get out just as much as they put in. And so for us, we're always working with other organizations and looking at different options and availabilities of, of things. So when they go home, when they have to go back to life, right, they're going back to being mom, they're going back to being dad, they're going back to being boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be. We want to make sure that they have enough, you know, left at the end to continue those practices. And, and that way they can enjoy their life and have the best quality of life that they can. It's, I always say it's the continuum of care. Right. My, my thought process is, yes, you've done this for three weeks and you're going to be in a much better position than you were, but you'll fall down again does. It's now, how do you get back up more quickly and how do you get back up more proficiently and without as much damage as there may be? Because that's part of it, right? right? We've all dealt with struggle and some of us leave a wake behind us. Mm -hmm. Some of us leave a small wake, some leave a big wake. You know, and our hope is to maybe kind of minimize that for folks that are struggling. 
you do something else that I think is absolutely imperative. So when I went in the hospital a while back, I didn't meet anybody. I met some nurses and doctors, but I didn't meet other people that were there getting healthy. In fact, they didn't want us to because I'm not supposed to know anybody in there. Like, they're not supposed to know what's going on because I'm telling everybody, oh, they thought I had a heart attack, but I didn't. <laughs> like, I'm telling everything. You put people in together, men and women, and they are a team. They go through these three weeks together so that they know that when they leave, they also have the possibility and the option if they want is to stay in contact and be an accountability team. Isn't that a real military and athletic and first responder way of being? I mean, isn't that how everybody has a better chance of being safe? Yeah. I mean, I always say we're stronger together, whether that's military, first responder, athletes, or just your, your everyday individual. It doesn't mean it's easy to let other people help. But yeah, we use a cohort model. Yes, there is a lot of value add and accountability and things along those lines. But with the invisible injuries, sometimes it's hard not to feel like you're going nuts or like, is it really just me mm -hmm. that is struggling with this? Or is it really, is it in my head? And depending on how you use that phrase. Yeah, it's in your head, your brain's in there. But, but ultimately, can't tell you how many of the folks that have come through in the early stages have been like, it's so nice to know I'm not alone. Right. And we really, we really focus on that. We, we've used communal housing as well to make sure that it's a bit more difficult to go lock yourself away in the room at night. Everyone's got their ability to have their own space, but at the same token, talk it out. See how things are going. How'd your session go today? Yeah, I'll kick my butt today. How'd yours go? Oh, I, I, I crushed it. I mean, some of the stuff that we do here, it's pretty amazing seeing the before and after. And, and something that I'll say, Sue, I just want to make sure that we are providing as safe of an environment and as inclusive of an environment as we can. And so I just want to make sure, I know we always tend to say men and women, but you know, I, it doesn't matter to us what you, what you call yourself, whether it's non-binary or whatever it is, we're going to work with everybody the same way. Thank you for that. I stand corrected as much as inspired by that. And that's exactly right. We all deserve that. We deserve to all be included on, in all ways. And so thanks for that, Spencer. I really, that is one of the reasons I love you. See, just that. <laughs> you're always including everybody. Everybody gets to come to the party if you're at Spencer's house. Like it's all, it's all good. <laughs> so I wanted to also talk a little bit about how this has impacted and changed you. So we talk about helping others. What has this, because you help start. I mean, you were in the ground floor of this, correct? Of this, in, Yeah. So tell yeah. me about how it's changed you. Well, that's a really, you keep asking me all these really deep questions. It has helped me in a lot of ways. I've always tried to advocate for others, and this provides a really great opportunity for that. And it also continually challenges me to not be a hypocrite. I have had a, a few traumatic brain injuries. I did go through a program at Walter Reed that we're modeled after. I have had my good days. I have had my bad days. And what this program has done for me is really ensured that even when I'm having those bad days, it is just that. It's just a bad day. It's not a bad year. It's not a bad decade. It's a bad day. I'm going to go and try to go to sleep that night. I'm going to try to wake up 
realizing that it's a new day, that I've got more chances to, to feel better. And so it's exciting to see all the practices that we that we teach, you know, and it's it's really motivating to see folks come into my office day one with their shoulders shrugged, their head down and their voices monotone and then leave it, giving everybody hugs and talking about how great their future is going to be. I mean, it's it's uh, it's empowering right. and it does help me when I do have my bad days realize that it is just bad, just a bad day. It's like you so many times people say to me, that's just the way I am. Or, well, this well, this happened to me and that's it. It's over. I, I can't even tell you how many times I'm sitting in an MVP huddle and, oh, I'll never be what I used to be. And because they're looking at a 72-year-old woman and I want to like smack them and going, well, of course not. <laughs> like, I'm not what I used to be. Either none of us are. Like we're not even what we were yesterday. So relax on that one. Except that you really do do that. I mean, they really do come in believing that this is it. Like, oh, I'll try this one more time. And I've seen it. I've seen this point where they go, oh, I didn't know that I could really get better. Like, I really didn't realize that my brain could get better, even though there's parts of it that really are damaged, that there's been some damage to it. And so in three weeks, I always say that you're actually creating more hope. Like you really, but it's, it's real though. It's not just, oh, you'll feel better in a while. And you know how they send you out of the hospital, like, oh, it'll get better later. And you're like, yeah, well, maybe this one, it's real. They really do see the possibilities. So they, they see a beginning. They don't have to, the end hasn't even happened yet because it depends on how much more they'll put in. And that I appreciate yeah. too. Yeah, we, we have a three-day assessment, and then if, if we can help you, we'll bring you back for three weeks. A former patient of ours said something that was pretty powerful to me. I think he said this to me maybe almost a year ago, and he said it was a three-week investment for the rest of my life. Yes. And, and that resonates. Yeah. Um, and that is. It's an investment in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I hope for anyone out there listening that, that is struggling, A, you're not alone, and B, keep investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? You can do it. There are a lot of people, a lot of organizations and programs out there for you. How do they get in touch with you, Spencer? That's a great question. There's a couple ways. I mean, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just type in the search Marcus Institute for Brain Health. You'll find us or www.mi4bh.org. Ultimately, put in the Google machine, Marcus Institute for Brain Health, and I promise you, you'll find us. You can ping me on any of the social media things that you find me on. I'm happy to put you in touch with the right folks. Like I said, our website's got a phone number. We'll, we will help you as best that we can. I always, I, I always try to make a point when I get on calls or anything like this to make sure that it, it is, the, it is a team effort from at all levels. And my intake team is amazing. They just, the people wouldn't get here without them. And so, I can just tell you if you're nervous about it, you probably won't feel near as nervous after you talk to this team. Just They're so good at what they do. And they will explain everything to you. They will walk you through the process and make sure that you have your answers to the question, that you are feeling like you're heading in a good direction. So, I had the honor of meeting your team, and I can honestly tell you, I just wanted to hang out with them. I, there was so much art, and da- I was ready to dance with your movement therapist and sit down with your therapist, even the head medical director, me, all of them. I could have just, oh, the physical therapist. Oh, my God, that was, like, incredible. 
And I kind of crushed it, everybody. Like he put me through some tests and I did really well. So I want to go back. I may or may not have a video of that. It was really cool. So I can tell you that you're not a hypocrite and I adore you for that. You never ask people to do things you're not willing to do, Spencer. You're a, a man of integrity. And that's the most important thing that the medical model must change. And I say that with with all due respect, as a licensed cl- clinician myself, I said I would never ask people to do something I'm not doing or I haven't done. And that's everything to me. And what you guys are doing there is exactly right. Every single clinician, every single administrator of this program is living up to the idea that I'm not going to ask them to do something I'm not doing. And you are the leader of that. That is exactly why this is working so well. And the people that come into that, into those buildings and into this program, they can see it on you, Spencer. I saw it the first time I met you at Boulder Crest Retreat. It's like, oh, holy shit, this one's going to be a tough one because if we're not doing what we say we're doing, if we are showing them to do something and we're not doing, he's going to see us immediately. It's like that movie, I See Dead People. Well, Spencer sees hypocrites. <laughs> so, And he will call you out. He might give you a glass of wine afterwards, but he's going to call you out. And I want to tell you how much I appreciate you and how much I feel safe with you. And I don't even feel safe. I am safe with you. That's different. So I want to thank you for that. No, I, I appreciate that, Susie, and the feelings are mutual. Please, um, please tell Gunnar I'll be back in a while. my face. Right, and I'll be back. Tell Gunnar. Oh, yeah. And Zoe, I'll be back soon. And Sarah. <laughs> and gosh darn it, if Absolutely. I can't win at Uno next time, like, I was left with so many cards in my hand. It wasn't even uh, funny. I had, like, the entire pack of Uno cards. And, and your daughter is... <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know if I'll be able to beat her, but I'm going to keep trying. Oh, by the way, everybody, she's, she's only... an unbelievable cheater. Well, yeah, but she's smart enough to cheat. And then we, she's so cute. I can't, yeah. couldn't even call her out. How old is she? Tell me again. She's, she'll be 10 in May. 10, right. So, yeah, I got completely just snookered by a 10 year old who is brilliant. So, all right, my friend. I'll see you again soon. Thank you so much, everybody. It's the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. And please look them up. Go do the program. You deserve it. I never say people need it. I say they deserve it. And thank you for your service uh, always because you just keep serving no matter where you go. And I appreciate that about you. So thanks, Spencer. Take care, everybody. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk soon. Yeah, you're welcome. And this is Be Crazy Well, because if you're going to be crazy, for gosh sakes, do it well. Am I right? That's the only way we should be doing this. And theme songs by Calvin Love. I just adore that young man. Go on Spotify and all the music apps and, and listen to more of his music. He's a real lover. It's called Be Your Best Self. That's our theme song. So everybody do that. Just do that. All right, Spencer, I'm going to go home and try to find a good glass of wine. I may have to call you. <laughs> I'll help you out as best I can. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.